0: Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Salkin Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit Salkinsource.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 27 of No Rain Date. The podcast is Sock and Source, where we bring you a combination of local news and interviews every week from here in Hellertown, Pennsylvania. This is the news for the week ending November 7th, 2020, and obviously this is an unusual week because we had the presidential election earlier this week. I'm speaking to you on Friday, November 6th in the afternoon, and as of right now, we still don't know who won the election. This is about... Uh 60 hours after voting ended because the election was Tuesday, obviously, we have five states that are still, rather six states that are still undecided. One of them being Pennsylvania. So there is a lot of tension in the air, uh, you could say, nervousness, mixed feelings, depending on which side of the political fence you're on, everybody's sort of collectively holding their breath waiting to see, What happens here in Pennsylvania and also in the other states, the other states that are still undecided currently are North Carolina, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, and Alaska. And with the exception of Alaska, which is not going to likely decide the election, all of these states have very close vote totals at this point, have more than 90% of their total ballots counted and the results are coming down to the mail-in ballots uh, which obviously take longer to count than the votes that were registered in person on election day and we knew this was going to happen most pennsylvanians were certainly aware that the outcome of the race here in our state which is a battleground state could take days to be known polls were close before the election and in pennsylvania there's a law that prevents the counting of mail-in ballots before Election Day, whereas in other states where millions of people voted by mail, they were able to start counting earlier. Election officials here were sort of hamstrung by that law, and so the, the counting did not begin until Election Day or even the following day in some cases. The less populated counties have, I think, largely wrapped up their counts at this point. However, the... Larger counties, the more urban areas, are where the counting continues, and those are the counties that are favoring Joe Biden over Donald Trump, which is why in the last 24 hours we saw a change in who was in the lead in Pennsylvania until uh, late Thursday, early Friday, it was Donald Trump, and for a while it was a significant lead. However, with the mail-in ballots breaking for Biden by I think something like 3 to 1, the count has changed, and it's still close as of Friday afternoon with about 96% of the total ballots counted in Pennsylvania. Biden currently has a lead of about 13,000 votes. Now, that's out of 6.5 million votes that have already been counted. That's just two-tenths of a percent. If you think that's close, though, Georgia is much closer than that. And the Secretary of State for Georgia has already said that there will be a recount in that state because the total is so close. Currently, Biden there has a lead over Trump of about 1,600 votes, and that's out of 5 million that have already been counted. That's statistically basically even. It doesn't get much closer than that. The other states, as I mentioned, Where counting continues, are all sort of in this general range. Trump is ahead in North Carolina by, I think, about one and a half points. In Nevada, it's less than 1% for Biden. And Biden is also ahead in Arizona by about one and a half percent. But Arizona is kind of the opposite of Pennsylvania. So where the mail in ballots that are counting that are still being counted here are heavily favoring Biden in Arizona it's sort of the opposite and the the late votes late in terms of being counted late are favoring Trump so Biden's lead has actually gone down there however Arizona has fewer electoral votes than Pennsylvania obviously which has 20 Georgia has 16 and North Carolina I think has 15. Currently Biden has 253 electoral votes to Trump's 214. So there's all kinds of mathematical scenarios for him to get to 270 at this point. And I won't I won't go into those, but obviously if he won Pennsylvania, that would put him over the 270 threshold. So people are paying particular attention to Pennsylvania and the counting that's happening here. In the Lehigh Valley, it's largely wound down in the last 24 hours. Northampton County was really on the ball in terms of their ability to count the mail-in ballots they received quickly. And essentially, they had most of them counted by Wednesday morning, so uh, the morning after the election. Currently, Biden has a very narrow lead in Northampton County. It's about 850 votes, which is less than a percentage point. It's tenths of a percent. That's sort of a big thing, though, because the county, if Biden maintains his lead in the official results, will have flipped. Northampton County went for Trump in 2016, and it's considered a bellwether. Numerous media stories before the election talked about how Biden had to win Northampton County. There were even stories earlier this week about Hellertown being a bellwether within Northampton County, which is a bellwether, and how he needed to win Hellertown. Well, according to the unofficial results from the county, Biden did win Hellertown again, narrowly, but that's Another flip, because in 2016, Donald Trump won the borough. And we published an article that goes into some detail about the numbers from 2016 to 2020 and how they changed. Hellertown has three different wards. In 2016, all three wards narrowly went for Trump, whose opponent in that election was Hillary Clinton. In 2020, the unofficial results show Biden and Harris winning Ward 2 and Ward 3, with Trump winning Ward 1. So then we have a split even here within the borough. In Lower Sackin, Trump uh, won a plurality of votes. However, the numbers were closer this time for Trump. In 2016, Hillary Clinton only won uh, a I believe it was one of eight precincts in Lower Saucon. Biden won four of the eight. So it was a couple percentage points that separated the two according to the, the unofficial results. Trump and Lower Saucon received 3,696 votes or 51.8%. Biden received 3,443 votes or 48.2%. And I know these. there's a lot of numbers um throwing out here, and it's a lot to take in, but it, it's important stuff. And uh, as I mentioned, of course, we have the numbers for you in an article on the site, and we are eager to publish more content about the election. However, at this time, it's still premature. We certainly will announce it once there's a declared winner for Pennsylvania. In other election-related news, Congresswoman Susan Wild, who's a Democrat, has declared victory over her opponent, Republican Lisa Scheller. That appeared to be a very close race on election night. And then the following day, Scheller had a lead that evaporated once Lehigh County's mail-in votes started to be counted in a significant way. As of Friday, Wild's lead in Lehigh County is somewhat significant. She has 94,138 votes to Scheller's 83,138. So that's about 11,000 difference or six points. As I mentioned uh, the other day, it was Scheller that was leading Wilde. And and that's, again, not surprising because the exit polling and the statistics showed that for in-person voting, Republicans dominated. And that's partly why we're, we're in a situation where things are flip-flopping because the different parties voted in different ways or preferred to vote in different ways. That's obviously a, a broad generalization, but this comes back to COVID-19 and the fact that many people are anxious, particularly now because we have numbers in Pennsylvania that are going up significantly. Today, Friday, November 6th, the state set another record more than 3,300 new cases were confirmed in the previous 24 hours. That's the first time that more than 3,000 cases have been confirmed in Pennsylvania in a 24-hour period. And it's also the second record-setting day in a row. On Thursday, a record was set when 2,900 cases were confirmed. So these are the highest case numbers the state has seen since the pandemic began in March. And here in Lehigh and Northampton counties, we are also seeing uh, large daily case counts. As of November 5th, which was Thursday, Northampton County had a seven-day average of 55 new cases a day. And that is the highest that's been since early May. Big, big change from over the summer. and Probably behavior that has changed with the seasons is impacting this. People are not able to spend as much time outside as they were in the summer months. More time spent inside means more exposure to the airborne droplets that transmit COVID-19. And so there's every reason to believe that we are going to continue to see these case counts go up, particularly due to the fact that the election was just held and millions of people stood in line to vote. And unfortunately, some of them did not even wear masks. It was a requirement for poll workers to wear face masks, although several that we know of did not follow that, and at least at one of the Lower Saucon Township polling stations. And we have a story about that. But as far as citizens go, They were strongly urged to wear face masks. However, nobody was prevented from voting because they refused to wear one. Voting is a sacred right. It's also a responsibility. But it it would be nice if protecting your fellow citizens from a highly infectious disease was also treated with the same degree of reverence. And most people do, which is wonderful. Unfortunately, we live in a highly individualistic society and, and not everybody shares the same set of values. We are that's partly why we're, we're where we're at with COVID. Nationwide the numbers are not good. For the first time this week, there were over a hundred thousand new cases in a single day in the US. That's another reason that a decision is needed in the election. Hopefully it will come soon. Not a lot is being accomplished while Everyone's in limbo. There's just not the energy really to put into COVID prevention that there should be. So I know um, our poll workers and uh, vote tabulators are working long hours and certainly they deserve our gratitude for the work they're doing, which is probably the most important job in the world right now. So certainly if you know somebody that's doing that, you know, thank them. They're also, you know, exposing themselves potentially to the virus and possibly putting themselves in an unsafe situation to help our democracy. So I tip my hat to them. As I mentioned, with the records being broken, schooling has the potential to be affected. Lehigh County, the state said earlier this week, has a substantial level of community transmission of COVID-19. And under that guideline, when there's a substantial level of transmission, schooling should be only in a hybrid model where kids are in class some of the time and at home some of the time or entirely online there's the potential for uh, changes in study plans to happen in Lehigh County, certainly, and possibly in Northampton County, which has slightly better numbers lately. However, as we mentioned last week, Saucon Valley has been dealing with a number of coronavirus cases recently, and the school remains closed through November 15th because they had five cases in a short period of time basically within about a week's time. All extracurricular activities are on hold due to that, and students are are learning online. Going back to the election, uh, we have uh, another story that we shared, which is about the state representatives race for the 131st legislative district. This includes part of Lower Saucon Township, the southern Lehigh communities of Upper Saucon Township, Coopersburg Borough, Lower Milford Township, Upper Milford Township, Emmaus Borough, part of Salisbury Township, and then Upper Montgomery community, communities of Upper Hanover Township, East Greenville Borough, Pennsburg Borough, and Red Hill Borough. It took me a while to memorize that, and I probably won't remember it six months from now, but this this race was was interesting to watch. It featured a Democratic candidate who's well-known in Hellertown, Kevin Branco, who's been a guest on No Rain Day in the past. Kevin owns the Main Street Gym in Hellertown. He's a Saucon Valley graduate. And he decided to enter the world of politics when he declared that he was running for this seat way back in August of 2019. At that time, his opponent would have been Justin Simmons, the current state representative. However, last December, Simmons said he would be leaving office at the conclusion of his current term. He's been in office for almost 10 years. So uh, there were a number of Republican hopefuls who competed in the GOP primary. The winner of that was Milou McKenzie, a Lower Salkin Township resident and a former teacher. She's also an interior designer. So she went on to challenge Kevin Branco in The general election and did in fact win the the race by a significant margin. It was about 59% to 40% in that range. So, certainly, we send our congratulations to her. Her son is also a state representative, Ryan McKenzie. He also represents part of Lehigh County as well as part of Berks County in the state House of Representatives. So, that's about it for the politics news. This week and we will certainly have more for you next week when we hope to have more final information about the election. Certainly we better by that point. In the meantime, be sure to visit SauconSource.com, follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our newsletter which goes out every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And now we are going to talk to our friend and a great asset to the community, Pastor Phil Spawn of Christ Lutheran Hellertown, about how our community and our nation can come together after such a divisive election. Thank you. Here at Sock and Source, our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community. A large part of that is a public service and we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on and Source, and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially, the membership is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community, and it also helps fund our future growth. Sock and source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website website sockandsource.com you can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page you'll see several membership options including a monthly membership for seven dollars a four-month membership for twenty-five dollars or a yearly membership for seventy dollars These are strictly voluntary contribution levels, and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so, and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online, and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members, and thank you for considering becoming a future member. It's my pleasure to welcome back one of our favorite guests here at No Rain Date, Pastor Phil Spahn of Christ Lutheran Church in Hellertown. Welcome.
1: Hello. Good to be back on a nice sunny day. No yes. In here. <laughs>
0: it's a little windy, but, but yeah, and it's nice and warm in here. It's gotten a lot colder these past few days. feels like fall. I thought it would be a, a nice thing for the week of the election to have somebody as a guest who can sort of speak to the idea of bringing people together at a time when there's clearly a lot of division in our country and, and in our community. Uh, that's clear. You know, all you have to do is walk down the street and you mm-hmm. see, you know, two twin houses. One side has Biden signs and the other so- side has Trump signs. And, um, I wonder how they get along. Right. Right. I mean, and it seems like it escalates when, you know, one person puts out one thing and the other does, you know, something in
1: response and 60 I think it was 60 minutes last night had a husband and wives who, you know, one voting Trump, one voting uh, Biden and just talk to them about their experience, how they're trying to keep their sanity at this time.
0: Right. Right, that's, that's yeah, divided households are yeah. a real thing and we've seen many people's friendships that they've had for years come to an end or they're not the same as they were because of politics and there's a lot of, of people hurting, I think, because of that, like, and social media hasn't really been helping things. It's, Absolutely tends to aggravate the divisions that that we naturally see
1: yesterday in the church was all saints sunday and they used what they call the beatitudes for for that sunday uh the beginning of the sermon on the mount and the one that struck me is blessed are the peacemakers for they are children of god that's what the beatitudes say and know as I, I did although I didn't I preached on that I didn't preach on this concept of you know Jesus there isn't saying oh blessed are peacemakers who are republican or who are democrat or who are Muslim or Jewish or Christian he's just saying blessed are peacemakers and peacemakers come in all different shapes sizes and colors but it isn't it's an action right you know it's an action and we're all called to that I mean you know I I think it's it's in the faith traditions in United States, that you know, peace is a way of uh, of God, and how do how do we you know in, in at contingence at this type of time, how can we use our abilities, our words, or maybe our lack of words to bring peace and healing and wholeness, right? But it, I, I think it really you know one of the things I notice is I, it's really based on because I hear both sides in a congregation that's pretty divided you know i hear people scared of biden but i also people hear scared of of trump how can we use our actions to talk but also to realize we're still one we we disagree and i think the biggest thing is fear there's a fear that these people certain people don't want trump elected certain people don't want biden elected and that's what i keep listening for and just trying to say you know what what exactly are you what are you fearing? Is, does one person have all that power in our country? And can, you know?
0: Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's driving people to do, I think, irrational things in some cases, like stealing campaign signs. I mean, we've we've seen that a lot. I see it. I, I'm like, I know there was a sign there yesterday and it's gone now. And what would make you that afraid? Yeah, that you feel like you have to censor somebody else's free speech. That's yeah. kind of scary. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there, there's a there is a fear. There's a fear um, on both sides, and that you know you got to be careful. Of that you want to be empathetic, but you also want to make sure you don't fan the the flames. Right, and it's it's easy to do, and that's where being a peacemaker, no matter who you are, you know, I think that's a high calling for us this week. Right, it's a, approximately fifty percent of the people are not going to be happy either way. Right. And so that's that's a, you got to we should be walking on uh, cautiously and be concerned about that. Right. Unity's going to will take we'll take effort and will take work uh, and it's not going to be in the next 4 years that it happens. It's it's we got to think of a long we, we got a long process ahead of us. It's taken a long time to get to this point and it'll take a long time to get back. That's reality. Right. Right. But we have to start somewhere, mm-hmm. I think, is the is the the
0: most important thing. It, I mean, for years, it seems like every election cycle, the division has gotten deeper. And now it's almost to the point where it can't get any deeper. I mean, almost everybody has an opinion about this election. I think I, I saw only 2% of people were, like, undecided or mm-hmm. something very, very small. Mm-hmm. And that used to be, like, maybe 20%. So... Right. Like you said, it's at a critical stage now, and um, it will be a long process. And you know, hopefully, churches can step in and, and take a role. But I th- I think some people are also wary of churches too because they maybe they felt judged, you know, in a church setting, and that's the last thing somebody wants to feel if their side just lost, for example. So how do you
1: how do you deal with that? I saw uh, certain cities are enlisting clergy to help take the role of police and trying to Defuse. disperse or diffuse the 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 fear or and let and get people to talk at polls or going out the polls and things like that. They they've had to take some training. So yeah, but the church doesn't have necessarily have a, a great record in. It has a great record, but we know the sins of the church are also vested on people in our culture and yeah it's out there that people don't trust the church absolutely but hopefully and this is not only the church this would be the temple the mosques the all the uh, religious traditions have peace at their center the 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 religious traditions that are anchored here in the united states have peace at their center and so i think it's a calling for specifically people who consider themselves people of uh, Spiritual people, people of faith, your actions matter. So that's you have to realize that. Right. Not only your actions, but your words. Those two things are vitally important. The other is, do you really believe it that humanity is one? I mean, you, you That's the other place you got to go. You got to go and say, hey, I may not, I may not like what this person is saying. I might n- not like what they're doing. I might not care the way it's being said. But you know what? This person's a human being. Right. And uh, Western civilization, I think, has done a, a really good job in in trying to lift the individual up so that people realize indivi- this is a human being. And no matter what this person has done, they are allowed to do justice. They're allowed respect. They're, they're, they're not to be humiliated and in our religious traditions, that is a big piece of who we are, and so therefore, if if things happen in United States, I just don't understand how it would come from people of faith. That would that would really concern me.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. I I agree, but I also worry, I guess, about issues like I'm thinking of abortion. You know, that that's involves religion because of religious beliefs that people might hold. On it one way or another, and now we've had a you know a Supreme Court nomination that where that was involved, and I think the potential is there for certainly religion to play a bigger role in court decisions, maybe, and what I mean that that could be problematic. I mean, for, for me, the,
1: for me, the problem with the Supreme Court was not the nomination, was not what President Trump did, he has that right, it was the leadership. Mm-hmm. The leadership of the Republican Party showed lack of principles. And that's the last thing we need from our leaders in United States. Today. We need principles. And not right. only political leaders, we need it in religious leaders too. We need it in leadership across the board is principles. and that's going to take time to rebuild and it's not it when, when we choose power over principles we are doomed
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and that's what i think i've seen unfold recently and would the democrats have done that i don't know i have no idea but i know what i saw and the american people know what they saw and we just don't need that type of leadership we need better right. we need better leadership to you know to help navigate these difficult times and live up to the american principles and, and values that mm-hmm. that i think the common person has
0: right right yeah we i mean it's a difficult situation when you don't have those role models anymore in in leadership especially for you know children they're very they're they're open-minded and they i can't imagine, you know, being a child right now and and going through not only the divisiveness but we have COVID-19 which is physically dividing us and and I think that's playing a role in the political divide because we can't physically be together to have a conversation like we normally would over these you know issues like yeah. abortion or yeah. something like that. Yeah, you're, it's all happening on Facebook. And, yeah, you're,
1: you're, you're. I think you're right. There, there's something with the pandemic uh, fatigue or whatever that, as we know, it's much easier to be belligerent through social media than it is face to face. And and yeah, is this is the whole pandemic accentuating that? You're. I think you're onto something there.
0: Right. We. I mean, we often hear the word you know, triggered, you know, being thrown around. And and it seems like the pandemic has given a lot of people's emotions a hair trigger, kind of, because of, you know, the way they've, who knows what, how it's impacting their family in a lot of cases, Mm -hmm. you know, at home, or maybe they lost their job. You don't know, you know, you just see somebody, though, who's, you know, maybe not wearing a mask, and you think they should be, or maybe it's the reverse you know it's it's going both ways and I see that a lot on Facebook and just questioning science and I've never
1: really seen that to that degree before so and but you know the part when I was yesterday when we, as a message for peacemaking peacemaking begins with me I mean you, you if and that's where where one of the things I often joke about is if I'm watching Judge Judy and The Bachelorette and thinking that's the feeding of my soul and my spirit, I'm sorry, that's not going to bring peace to you. Right. You got so you got to be careful what you feed yourself and what you watch and what you read. I mean, I don't. I find it much more helpful to read mm-hmm. than to be watching videos and have people tell me, "Well, this is what I'm seeing in this video," and you know, I, I just I, I, that can crank up our emotions and and i know there's you know you can go into a a a frenzy with facebook of all the stuff that you can see you don't know if it's true or not Mm -hmm. and that is a problem with social media that is not also not helping this whole situation right i mean we, we don't know what's what's true and real you know, especially when it's an ad or something that pops up. It's not from a necessarily a friend created it, and this is their opinion. It's something they're passing on or something. That's, boy, I just stay off that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know Facebook now sometimes puts like a, a screen over content that they consider misinformation. Mm-hmm. But I think they waited so long to do that that the damage was kind of already done, and you know people are skeptical of that because it it was introduced pretty recently Correct. i know plenty of people that that never get off facebook i mean you have to get off facebook it's it's you know like a lot of things in moderation it's probably Mm -hmm. not terrible but you know if you see something take a a second and google it you know and and see what, what comes up you know maybe maybe it'll uh you know put up some red flags what you find in the results and I mean I certainly do that because it's part of my job so it's like second nature for me but I have to
1: you know realize for a lot of people they don't do that and yeah no that one I don't I agree with you I don't get that I find the material I get from members of my church that they're forwarding on that they're not checking out that I go check out and then send back to them saying you know this is extremely misleading this is not accurate but it's something that they believe. And so when you see something that looks official online that you can easily pass on, yeah, you pass it on without checking it. That's just not, that's not healthy for our democracy. It's not healthy for our civil conversations either. Because it, it gets ingrained that this is the truth. This is real. This is facts. And right. you know, we, we're, we have, we're, we're infants in the whole social media Spectrum. We are we are the guinea pigs, and we're working through it. But we got to be careful to think it's the the an end all, end all of of communication and information. Right, and it's uh, time and time again that is proving to it can be harmful. It can also be helpful. You know everything. You know it. it, You know in, in some of these countries where they're using social media to to force dictators out. In that case, that type of communication getting people together can mm-hmm. be a, can be a wonderful can be a wonderful thing, right? But, it can be a lifeline. But when it's but when it's used by foreign governments or by our own people to foster division and hatred, right? You're not going to find peace within your soul if that's what you're reading.
0: It's funny cuz talking about it the way we are, it almost makes me think of the Bible. You know, some people Facebook oh, uh, is like their Bible, you absolutely. know, and, and we see that the same issues kind of with people that interpret the Bible literally, and everything is, it's the Bible and only the Bible, yeah. and I know that your church is not we grounded we, in that.
1: Right, aren't we say we take the Bible seriously, not literally, right? and so, yeah, but it, it, again, it's like anything, you can use the Bible to bang people over the head. And you use the Bible to lift people up from the the worst situations, and that's an unfortunate thing. And it can happen. I use the I, I do a little children's message with with a hammer, and I say, you know, this hammer can be a, can be a, a great thing if you build houses with it, mm-hmm. but it can also be something to you know bang someone's hand or finger and hurt them. Right. And it's a hammer, so the hammer is neutral. It's what I do with it, and so true with social media yeah what am i doing with it am i fostering peace am i or am i putting things out there because it agrees with what i think is reality i haven't checked it out and it's just spewing false could be spewing falsehoods and things like that it's just not helping our our national debate or national dialogue
0: right it's it's like a mindfulness that needs to occur with it and I I mean, I know there I'm on it so much, you know, that there are times when I'm not as mindful with it as as I could be. And I think that's a lot of a lot of people. So we all need to to take that into consideration. And that's a great analogy with the hammer, because certainly people are using Facebook like a hammer in some cases. And it's like I said, hurting people. And Mm -hmm. what what do you think can be done here in our community to you know specifically to you know either within the church or outside of the church to to bring people together and we're I should note that we're recording this the day before Election Day so by the time you listen to it we'll we'll probably know some things we don't know now
1: well I I think the solution is community and we're not able to do that right now that's the problem so that, that's a problem I mean our church has no plans to go back in 2020
0: to in-person services. To in-person services, yeah. Right. So, you were having services outside in a tent.
1: Yeah, but, and we, but we are... Our bread and butter is the Zoom mm-hmm. worship, which, which I think is going over real well. And it's interesting because it is connecting. Now, this is a good use of social media. Right. We, we're connecting with people from all around the world who were members here and have left. And homebound people who could never get to church can now hear the church see everything right. you know so that's a silver lining yeah it's a, that's a yeah exactly how true so but getting people together is is vitally important but we gotta muddle through it right now in this situation and, and just hope that people keep civil and I think one of the great hallmarks of American democracy is transfer of power we've always seen that I think we will see that we just need people in this community and it starts with me to be civil about it, and to be. And sure, uh, we I have fears, but can articulate those fears or deal with those fears in healthy ways rather than destructive ways.
0: hmm Yeah, absolutely. And and seeing people as as humans, like you said earlier, instead of just they're P- a Republican or they're down there. hole in them. Yeah. 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 Finding finding common ground through you know simple sharing simple things I think is is something to keep in mind and you know hopefully we'll uh, be able to do that soon and, and you you've also tried to do that with the Thirsty
1: Thursday and theology series I wanted to give a shout out to that you know, which... yeah no I'm anxious to get back to that because that is just a good community discussion that brings right. a variety of people together and
0: right you tackled tough topics like racism yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, you don't shy away from civil conversations well, mm-hmm. we had that that was a well attended one of why we aren't having civil conversations in our culture this was all before COVID but right. yeah racism has been a big one you
0: just had a guest for that who would was... tell us a little bit about him
1: uh, Milo Morris is wonderful a gentleman who sings at our church over the summer African American Republican and you know, he has, you know, and although I may not agree with him, I think it's important to dialogue with him. Right. And that's what the, the that's where, where we, where I utilize that conversation, that Thirsty Thursday under the tent this summer, as an opportunity to dialogue and talk and respectfully,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and listen to him and it, uh, I'm reading a book right now and it sets up for me that I've al- always known but it's said in such a simple way it says empathy is my work in getting to understand other people's concerns mm-hmm. Emp- if you're going to empathize with someone it's my work I got I to gotta do the work to listen to somebody else and understand their story and understand their concerns and I think that's a, a, a good calling for all of us yeah and, and uh, what was his name uh um, Steve Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of his habits is seek first to understand. So understand people first and then to be understood. So it's important for me to tell my story. But we do so so much better rather than jumping all over people screaming my story to stop and listen and hear their story. And that can really diffuse the situation. Absolutely now do you do you ever like blog about the books that
0: you're reading like or put them on the web church website this is pastor phil's reading
1: list right now no i haven't done that i
0: think that i mean i'm i'm
1: I'm, I'm doing pretty well with the blog i do have that right up and uh, i i do like like doing that the whole video stuff you know i'm taking a class right now on what churches should be doing in social media and i gotta get on that bandwagon. And podcasting, too. Podcasting. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You, everything on I YouTube, want to be on Bain-Wagen. it once you have Okay.
0: It. <laughs> it's fun to, to reverse roles. Yeah, okay. I've only been, I've actually only been on a couple other podcasts myself, but it's interesting to be in the guest chair for sure. I
1: love podcasts. I listen to those. Yeah. And I hit the, I hit the, the one and a half times speed. You know, you can listen to them at one and a half times speed. Oh, right. Yeah, that really helps. To know, save time. Yeah, save time. And you can, I try it too, two, two times speed, but it's two, <laughs> uh, yeah, a little bit. But one and a half times speed, you can listen to a lot of podcasts. You're driving somewhere, you know, you can get a whole hour done in 40 minutes and.
0: I probably wouldn't sound too bad because I, I think I talk. Somewhat slowly, I, I try to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just so that I don't. Um,
1: I might have to listen to this podcast two and a half or yeah, or one and a half, half times. See sounds. how we sound.
0: <laughs> well, I I I love having you on. It's always a pleasure, and you always have such wisdom for us. And you know, our listeners, like you said, can hear more of you by tuning in on Zoom to a Sunday service. The link is on your website and yep. your, your website is ChristLutheranHellertown.org. Yep. yep. Definitely check that out. They have a great website with other resources on it. You're on Facebook. Okay. We'll have to have you back maybe, maybe around the holidays and you know, see where things are at then and hopefully we'll be in a better place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and but what's this is another piece that of what you do and, and that is the whole idea of community newspapers, and we're losing that. And if we're losing that, which we have, we 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 lost the Valley Voice. And now you're the one who's really uh, able to inform the community, and that is so vitally important. Without you know the morning morning calls, not going to cover things that are happening in, in Hellertown Town, and that's just really important that we have our day-to-day issues and community news out there at a place to go. And so you play an important role in creating community.
0: I'm trying and and it's hard because you know when you do what I do you, you have nothing without the trust of your readers and what has politics been doing? Eroding trust on all sides. Um, yeah. So you know no, no matter how I report things if it has to do with politics you can see it through a certain lens that Oh, you know, why, why, why did he make this editorial decision and not something else? And, yeah. and of yeah. course I'm human too. I mean, nobody that works in news is completely unbiased. If, Correct. if they tell you they are, they're lying. Correct. So I'm anxious for this to be over or less, at least to move into the next phase because we can't, you know, continue down this path and, and it makes it harder for me to do my job when when there is this much mistrust uh, and it's so that's
1: where you gotta you gotta listen to your heart and stick to principles and be as as honest and center as possible right of course we have our biases we all do yeah right i
0: i do try and do that and and i think the majority of people recognize that yeah but they you know they stay quiet because unfortunately the the narrative and the dialogue on Facebook is usually the extremists. Correct. And who wants to like stick their head into that back and forth? Correct. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't blame anybody for not doing that. Yeah, I, would. I wouldn't either. But um, it's uh, it's always entertaining to see. So, so what what people are are reading into uh, things that I publish uh, lately, and same goes for COVID nineteen. You can politicize that all day and people do hopefully things will, will be improving with that too although lately <laughs> lately they're 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 not they're not going in the right direction
1: i had a conversation this week with a member who's really got covid fatigue and you know just is, wants to be social and then dealing with the contentious election and everything and she said the glimmer of hope is you know the election will end I'm like, yeah. Right. The, the COVID, we don't see an end to, but at least we see an end to the election, and you know, things, things will, will move on.
0: That's but a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Well,
1: I, have a, I say this all the time, and it, I don't I don't I don't think it's a cop out, but this too shall pass. This too shall pass. You know, that has been a strong thing for me in my life. Is right. You know, it, it's it this too, and I've seen some terrible things in people's lives and how they've overcome that. And it's like unbelievable, you know what what we can deal with, what human beings can deal with, and the potential of of human beings to be able to deal with terrible things and move on and find a new day and right. make things work.
0: Right, people like that have experienced unbelievable personal tragedies and yeah. things that we can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. And so when I yeah, and and then when, so when I think of difficulties that 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 I'm dealing with, and I say this too, shall pass. I'm not talking about the you know. The wit that witness comes from ex- talking with people who've experienced terrible things, and it's the human resilience and the human spirit is pretty f- profound.
0: Right, right. Well, it it is being tested right now. I know. I know this is a, a mm-hmm. test, and it's a test of people's faith in a lot of cases right now. And things are happening that that would, you know, even the most faithful person I think could be tempted to to question what is going on and that's where you <laughs> come in and help hopefully um but but maybe you're a person that that has you know drifted away from from church and you want to feel part of a community again a community of faith christ lutheran hellertown is exactly
1: that well and and hopefully all the churches and you know in people can get connected to a faith tradition absolutely you know that would i think that's right it doesn't have a, a piece matter. Of community that is vitally important no matter what denomination if they're, if they're if they're if they're lifting up love and unity i mean you can't go wrong mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you can't go wrong and right my understanding is that is the essence of the major faith traditions that we have here in the united states and here in Hellertown. And I, here in
0: Hellertown. I, I right. That our, our congregations are all going to be united in, in wanting to do that moving forward. And mm-hmm. certainly Sauk and Source will be there to to assist them in doing that, you know. If the goal of the church is to bring the community together, that's our goal too. So we certainly wanna assist with however we can in the future and, and we we know that, you know, The holidays won't be the same with the events you know that people look forward to at at churches most likely not happening and that's going to be a little tough but maybe we can do do some things together online that will you know at least help connect people in some way rather than feeling alone because that's probably the worst time of year to feel alone and and this is going to be the first holiday since COVID began so I don't think we've really even thought about that too much because we've been so preoccupied with everything else.
1: We thought it would go on so long?
0: That too, right? Yeah, I mean, we thought you just
1: didn't plan for that. You didn't plan that Thanksgiving and Christmas wouldn't be what you'd expect,
0: right? Right. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a shakeup for tradition this year, and, and that's those are two times of year, two times of the year when we lean on tradition mm-hmm, heavily mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a culture so yeah it's it's gonna be different, and uh I just hope people communicate with each other and 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 reach out you know if they're if they're in need and certainly reach out to you know a church, reach out to a friend you know exactly or, um even exactly. you know. Like somebody like me, I mean, I might not be able to help you, but I can maybe connect you with a resource in the community, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a church that can. So that's the main thing, as long as people continue to communicate. And we
1: do have a, a meal, that is, we're a drive-through meal on the 21st. Okay. Because we do we want to help people in the neighborhood, in the community mm-hmm. who are, are struggling. So we're going to put together a Thanksgiving Camille, the Hellertown Ministerium, has done that in person in the Mm -hmm. past. And this year, they're not going to do it in person, but we will do it in the parking lot on the 21st. So more information is coming on that.
0: Right, and we'll definitely help you get the word out about that, too, to, to the community. Thank you, Pastor Phil.
1: Okay, thank you, Josh, for what you do.
0: We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at sauconsource.com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening.